This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to The North in Numbers, a podcast that gets the human stories behind the stats. I'll be your host, Annie Goke. This week is a special episode where I'll be taking a look behind the scenes and speaking to other data experts about how numbers impact our world. We'll be discussing what makes data important, why it needs to be accessible, and some of the pitfalls when it comes to stats. Today, I'm joined in the studio by David Otterwell, who is currently the head of the REACH Data Unit, and Tom Forth, who is the head of data at the Open Data Institute in Leeds. Thank you both very much for joining me today. I've given you both a bit of an introduction there, uh, but I know a lot of our listeners won't really know much about the institutions you work for. Um, David, would you mind explaining a bit about the REACH Data Unit and how you work with data? Um, The REACH Data Unit was set up uh, six years ago. Um, We do data journalism, so we find uh, news in numbers, basically, and we use statistics and data sets to find stories that we think are important to communities, and we also build interactives and come up with ways of visualizing that data in order to better communicate things of public interest, which could be about, you know, schools or hospitals or uh, housing or something like that. So uh, we use it as a, as a sort of journalistic source, if you like, and we've sort of built up, we work for all of the titles across the REACH group. So some of those are national titles like uh, The Mirror, for example, uh, and then there are lots of regional titles. So our team of journalists Uh, look at a data set and then uh, try and find stories in it for for lots of different areas around the country. Um, So why do you think um, data is important for local journalism? Well, I mean, I came from a political journalism background and that was very much... uh, Quite a lot of that was sort of old school where the idea was that uh, there was this class of people who were trying to hide something from us and the journalist's job was to to somehow bring that to light and there were these you know, these classic hidden documents being slipped to you in a brown envelope and whatever. And what, what I was increasingly realising was a huge amount of, of, of stories now are available. The information for them is there. It's hiding in plain sight, if you like. It's just that people don't understand how to access it. So there are huge numbers of stories in publicly available data, but journalists and the public more widely don't necessarily have the skills to look for uh, the stories in that data. You know, even basic skills like being able to find and download a spreadsheet and, and interrogate the data in some very basic ways just to find out what's happening in your you know, local hospital or in your local school or whatever. And Tom, I know your background isn't really related to journalism um, and you're coming from data from a completely different angle. Um, Could you tell us a bit about what you do with ODI Leeds? Uh, The Open Data Institute Leeds is about as old as David just said the data unit is. It's nearly six years old now. So just over, well, five and a half years ago, uh, a few of us in Leeds realized that the the strength of Leeds really in terms of an economy and a city was data there's a huge number of businesses that work with data and a lot of them were coming up against real difficulties which was that they were repeating the same work over and over and over again and the reason was because they didn't share anything the Open Data Institute Leeds exists to encourage the open publication of data and then also, we, we really exist to promote the open sharing of the analysis. 
So obviously when you publish analysis in a newspaper, it becomes pretty visible. But most analysis that's done around the world and, and in the UK just sits on people's desktops. There's, you know, they have an Excel spreadsheet, they have some code, they never share it, it dies. If you share it, we've found over and over again that people contribute, people improve it, everyone benefits, things, you know, business works better, society works better, it's a win for everyone. Yeah, well, that was one thing I was going to ask is obviously um, from a journalistic point of view, um, we're using these uh, data sets to tell stories and kind of better inform local residents and that kind of thing. Um, but is the impact of data, you know, beyond just keeping people informed? Yes. Um, so keeping people informed is really important. So my favourite data set that comes out of the data unit is probably the A&E waiting times in NHS performance stuff, because basically... Everyone really cares, right? Everyone has some member of their family who is using the NHS or might need to use the NHS and they want to know how well it's doing. And it's quite variable across the UK and you aren't going to get 700 spreadsheets and stick them together. It's really hard work. So that's, that's kind of like the impact and the stories. But there's loads and loads of really boring stuff that happens because of open data that makes our lives better in ways that we just don't appreciate. We forget about them. So for example, does, uh, at the bus stop, where there's a little ticker down timers telling you when the next bus is or when the next tram is or when the next train is, that's all open data. That's all powered by anyone being able to see uh, what's going on there. Um, so yeah, one thing that sounds really interesting from what you're saying is there is, it's the kind of amount of data that is available that is open I'm just interested in how accessible that is to the everyday person like obviously companies are able to use it um, when it is open and that kind of thing but yeah how how accessible is data you know I think there's a danger behind all this which is like I was saying it used to be the problem was that the job of the journalist was to find a story that other people couldn't possibly find or get stuff that yeah. other people didn't know but there is a danger now, isn't there, that we, we get into a situation where the people who understand where this... If, if data's valuable, if we accept that it is, if data's power, you know, there's a danger that we get into a situation where we have the haves and the have-nots, the people who can and the people who can't. At the same time as you have this sort of will to open up data, you've also just got to be aware that there might be some motivation for people to open data in such a way that only a certain class of people can really, really get to it and really, really use it. And that they're opening it up to other people like them, if you're not careful. And to me, I mean, obviously you have to do, you know, there, there are technical sides to things people are going to do with data. It is a technical process. You can't get around that. But I do think the sort of philosophy behind it has to be that we're opening this up in every possible way. We're opening it up. We're making it interesting and accessible and demystifying it. You see it in data journalism sometimes too, where most people in data journalism are fantastic. It's a collaborative, it's a really interesting community within journalism because it is a collaborative community. But there can be a tendency sometimes to over-mystify it and to over-complicate it and to, to make it seem more complicated than it is, more difficult than it is, more inaccessible than it is. And to me, that kind of cuts completely against what we should be doing because you know, we should be making it as easy as possible and all the clever stuff should be going on in the background, really. And then we should be we should be trying to solve problems for people rather than get people to say, gosh, how clever that person must be for solving all those problems. You know, just, just do that in the background and then get on. Um, definitely wider accessibility is important. And I think one of the other things, probably a, a particular bugbear of mine, is that there's a belief, and it's it's really weird, that... Somehow, if you have all the data, you can make the perfect decision 
and your opinion will be correct. It's, it's particularly um, prevalent amongst people who at other times endlessly moan about bias and how all the machine learning is evil and all data is evil. And then they get some data that they like and they say, well, I know the truth now. See, you don't. That data informs, and I think this is an absolutely key role for journalists. Data is not the story. For me, data is all about how I challenge what I already think. And it'll take weeks, months, maybe even years of looking at data that disagrees with what I think before I'll even think about changing my mind. And everyone's like that. You have to admit that everyone is like that. If you don't realize that, you're in a world of trouble. But basically, data exists to force you to change your mind, to challenge your opinion. And if you eventually do come around to changing your opinion, that's when you can write the story on it, spread it. I think, though, I can't see any way that journalism doesn't play a key role in reaching most people. We're only ever going to get to a third of of the world who will ever open a spreadsheet. But it's hard. I mean, the data journalism, connecting people with data journalism is, is hard. And I mean, Annie will know this as well as I do. Um, you can make people interested in figures which are in stories which are based on data journalism, but there are certain things that are harder to get people interested in. Where it's just a numbers story, people are more likely to disengage. If you can connect it with human voices and, and, and human uh, interest more generally, um, interactives are a very good way of per- helping people personalise the story. But it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's, it's something actually in the data journalism community that, that interests me, that that one bit of data that we, we need to be really interested in, which is how many people are reading this and how engaged are those readers, is the one that tends to get talked about the least. And yet we need to accept that we... We, 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 we need to want to be judged by that as much as anything else because unless people are reading our stories, what is the value of those stories? I, I think there's a really interesting point that you touched on there as well, which is the attitude towards data is really important. Um, I thought we saw that quite a lot during the election where you know, fact-check sites are becoming quite quite fashionable now, aren't they? And you saw the public's attitude to... And, and maybe I'm jaded by Twitter and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm making that mistake of confusing Twitter for the world. But certainly what I saw in terms of people's attitudes towards fact-check sites were if it fact-checks it in a way that confirms my belief, then that's science and that's the end of the argument. If it fact-checks it in a way that I don't politically find agreeable, then it's bullshit, basically. Well, yeah, this is one thing I wanted to um, bring up anyway, but it's kind of what you touched on of there is bias in how data can be interpreted. Um, And I think there is some scepticism from members of the public about how reliable statistics can be, because I think a lot of people do think they can be twisted or used to further an ideology that someone already has. Um, how, How do we get around that? Part of that solution has to be this idea that we have a wider role which is that we're not promoting any any agenda other than um, you need to have the right attitude towards this. This is uh, it's not our job to convince you of something politically or something like that. We're journalists, and as data journalists, we have to be explaining to people that these are what the figures are, these are what they show, and we are led by that. And we need to be open about the limitations of that data. We need to make sure we contextualise that data, say how it's changed, say how it varies around the country and that kind of thing. And it's part of our job to promote that wider understanding of figures so that people accept that the data might show something different to what their prejudices led them to believe was the case and to give them the room to change their minds. I think 
that broader role in journalism is really important. And, I, you know, I do worry that that gets, that gets swept away and lost sometimes and that um, a lot of... We've had a bit of a lesion between uh, news journalism and opinion journalism, you know, and social media probably encourages that, encourages us all to have lots of opinions on everything, even as journalists. Um, but I think it's important to try and keep in mind and to promote the idea that as news journalists we are reporting on the facts and as data journalists we're saying this is what the data does show, this is the context for it, and also this is what it maybe doesn't show. Please respond based on that information. If you are biased, let's say, take for example the Yorkshire Post. The Yorkshire Post is biased, the clues in the title, right, is biased on behalf of Yorkshire. With having a pretty big bias coming in straight up front that everyone knows and is fully advertised, the rest of what they do is, I find it now, surprisingly neutral. Probably historically, the North's city papers in the Northwest, so whether it's the MEN, the Echo, would historically have been quite left-wing. But you know what? If some Labour politician messes up in Manchester and Liverpool, they are not getting a free pass. So it will be in there. The data will be there. The story will be there to back it up. So I think that whereas let's say the Telegraph can make up whatever it wants about climate change. It just, it just doesn't care about the data anymore. And I think that The Guardian probably has the same blind spot, certainly on inequality, right? The data on inequality does not agree with what The Guardian writes about inequality, just as the data on um, climate change does not agree with what The Telegraph writes. In local, more local press, you just don't get that because no one cares. The issue is, is it relevant to my readership all the time? straight up so i think there's some hope there i mean I, I think that that will be the the, the future of it the, the challenge of course not my challenge it's a challenge for the other people in the world and the challenge is making money off it i can't help you there that's all we have time for today but thanks so much again to david and tom for coming in and lending us their insight thanks for having me thank you and thank you all for listening to another episode of the north in numbers with me annie Goak. Join us next time on the 24th of January, where we'll be looking at the shocking rise in knife crime seen across the region, particularly in Merseyside. The North in Numbers is a laudable production. 